0: A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's program. We're looking at Ballon Foyle and the infill of housing there, which has not been agreed or discussed with local councillors, has caused some grave concern. We've got the Polish ambassador joining us in studio, and we're also looking at men's health on today's uh, program. Jerry Murphy goes motoring for us in the 10 o'clock hour. So, if you want to get your um, comments, into us, you can do so to 086 38 33 553, should you want to get through to us uh, today. We're also indeed looking at um, the whole referendum situation as it comes our way uh, today. We're looking at that on today's programme. And also much more between now and 12 midday. Comment lines open, though, if you want to get through to us on 086-3833-553. A very good morning to you. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in to the programme. Now, our phone lines have been fairly well buzzing, so they have uh, since earlier in the week, um, because as many of you may know indeed, a couple of years ago there was a proposition put forward by Galway City Council to put infill housing uh, in Corra Park, in Ballonfoyle Park and in Castle Park. It was voted down by the uh, then councillors indeed. But lo and behold, in the last couple of days, it has raised its head again in the Ballinfoil area and joined on the line indeed uh, by Councillor Mike put in studio and uh, by Councillor Frank Fahey. Frank, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Keith. Good morning to your listeners. Did this come as a bit of a surprise
0: to you, by the way, as well?
1: came as a total surprise to me in that I received an email on Monday evening from somebody asking me, did I know anything about it? And I had to honestly say it was the first I heard of it. So um, I said I'd look into it. And on Tuesday morning, I rang... Um, Councillor Donald Lyons, who is chairperson of the Housing SBC, he knew nothing about it. I contacted Councillor Colette Connolly, who's the chairperson of the local area. She knew nothing about it, and I con- uh, contacted uh, Councillor Martina O'Connor, who's a local councillor, as is Colette Connolly, and um, none of the local councillors were informed of it. None of the councillors were informed of it, and it is something that came before us in 2018-2019, where there was a proposal to put um, infill in Ballonfoyle, Castle Park, and in Cora Park. It was roundly rejected by the residents, and it was rejected by the councillors. So in- just, just to clarify here, though, uh, infill basically means taking and green getting area. Rid of green area. Green area, yeah. yes. And an in Ballonfile Park, the green, it's an estate that's in the region of 40 years old. And it's the corner at the end of the terraces. Uh, the, the, there's a little green area for kids to play. And it's on a corner... And to me, it's not safe And to build houses and it a visual for cars coming around corners, kids coming out and that. And you're taking away play area that's been there for 40 years. And the children need areas to play. We need to protect open area, green area.
0: Okay, and but, but on, the, on one, um, councillor my cupboard is with me. Just let me bring him in as well. Councillor uh, Constance, cupboard, did you have any sight of this, Frank? He said he didn't. Did you have any sight of it?
2: No, Keith. Uh, similar to my colleague there, Councillor Faye, uh, completely come out of left field. Um, no consultation whatsoever at local area meeting, which we had recently. Yes. Uh, nothing at the, the housing transport or the housing uh, SPC, which I sit on, and nothing at council level. So, it's a complete and utter disregard for the council members, the, elect- the elected members for the area, and indeed for the residents in the area. It, the- it's a farce. I went, back to, I went back to the council email. To write was at quarter past seven the night before a meeting. I told them it's a farce uh, and it's completely disregarding our role as councillors for the area.
0: Sorry, go back on that. Did you get an email last night at quarter past seven then inviting you to the meeting at uh, two o'clock, four o'clock today?
2: Yeah, we got a notice last night at quarter past seven to say there will be an information session held between two and four today. Now, that level of notice to give to anybody, never mind people elected for the area, but I know residents got notes on Monday. But to give any level of notice like that to anybody is completely disrespectful and and a disregard for the role we hold in the area. And I've been very strong on back with that.
1: But hang on About a second. A just
0: hang, on, hang on a second there, if you don't mind, Councillor Frank. I mean, you got the same email?
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I rang um, director of services in City Hall yesterday evening. I, and um, yesterday afternoon and he was to come back to me and um, he wasn't aware of what was happening and um, I was expecting a phone call back, I didn't uh, get a phone call back. Um, the residents received a, a note put through their door on a a Monday afternoon, a leaflet put through their door, which them was to the meeting, yeah? undated and unsigned, which to me is very unprofessional whoever delivered it, that it wouldn't be signed and dated. And to actually expect residents, you know, to deliver a note on a Monday afternoon, expect residents to come to a meeting on Tuesday or on Wednesday afternoon, giving them two days' notice at two in the afternoon, between two and four, when most people are actually either working or tied up with bringing kids, picking kids up from school. It's a, it's not an ideal time to have a public consultation, and um, I would okay. be demanding but, but, that, uh, that we have proper consultation on this. And I, I have to go and look at the plans to see what is proposed. It's unacceptable.
0: But the this w- w- this would all be subject to planning and, and an appeal to board Planola. I mean, they just can't go in and build houses on green areas, can they? They can. They
2: can. They can. Okay, if you look they at... Can. And i went okay, right back to the, to the email we got yesterday evening and I refer to uh, three lines in our, our our adopted city development plan and point five point seven states Community space elements of the green network provide valuable immunity and raise a healthy living and lifestyle benefits to the community. These community spaces allow access to the natural environment, encourage social interaction and provide functional connections between spaces and facilities. And the final line says Community spaces include greenways, places for children to play, protective views of special immunity, value and interest, allotments, community gardens and cemeteries. So it's in the development plan that we protect our places for children to play. These are in okay. the green spray strategy. They're in our estates. And I said this last time it this come up, but Frank noted it there, when there was a re- re- resound uh, rejection against this. Once you take away these small green spaces that children play on, Never. you will not get them back. And no. it's poor, poor policy to go down the road of putting as the email said 10 properties or 10 houses on every patch of green space we find within our estates when there's 80 acres of land out there crying to be re- to be developed into housing we've 80 acres of council owned land and yet we're going to look at taking away a small bit of green space the like of the uh, file and once that goes where does it go next where's it's the an ac- absolute sickness policy the,
0: where's the 80 acres
2: You've you've Keran, you've Hefford Road, you've Castlegar, uh Costa, Bally of Bourke, there's so plenty of North
0: there's, there. um, so, there's I any mean, of land. Yeah, there's plenty of there. Um so I mean But I mean you said Frank that they don't need planning, do they not?
1: Well they they generally they come before us with a part eight for planning. They did that in 2018, 2019, and we rejected it. I know there's a push on now to build housing, and everybody is aware of that, that there's a, a huge deficit in housing. But green areas are sacrosanct in my book. Uh, you shouldn't be building, particularly in a state where people have been living for 30, 40 years, and people have moved into it, and people, older people um, you have moved on and passed away, and that and there's new families, new generation moving yeah. in there. And to take away a green area, at a time when when um, we're encouraging children to walk to school and cycle to school, and we have issues with obesity, and that the only little play area that they have in the bottom part of File I you know there's a big green area up at the, in the middle of the estate, but if you live down at the bottom of the estate or up at the very top of the estate, the, the, that bit of green okay. area is where you can so, put your, let your children out to play and keep an eye on them so and I, in hope that they're safe. Well, If we build on it and we allow it to be built on it, it won't be safe uh, because there's, they're, on, they're both on corners. And uh, you know okay. with traffic flow on
0: that, um, Councillor Cobert, is it the thin end of the wedge? Then can we see Carra Park coming back into vogue again? Can we see Castle Park coming back into vogue again? Can we see the other housing estates?
2: Well, that's 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 my my fear here. What happens is if if this goes goes through, what goes what comes next? And and again, I go back to there's is two points here. One is the complete disregard, as I said, for residents and for councillors and so on. And if we allow this to be ran through by council officials who have no regard for our our view anymore, it seems. Uh, that That's wrong, first off. But the second point, I go back to what I said. There's over 80 acres of land out there. And and Frank is right. There's a housing crisis and we're all in favour of housing. But for the love of God, there's room there to develop over a thousand units on the 80 acres. Putting in 10 units in Banlifoil and maybe 10 more in Corral Park or 10 in Castle Park, as you said, that's not addressing the housing crisis. That's taking away the, the green spaces that's used for kids and communities across the city okay. and it's poor policy and it and and the reason it's poor policy is because it never came true or housing the SBC. the reason the SBC is there the strategic policy committee is to devise housing policy and the complete ignorance of officials in this instance not to bring it before us as local area councillors or the housing committee or the council is wrong
1: okay um, and totally acceptable it's unacceptable acceptable that officials should treat us with such disregard and disrespect. That wouldn't inform but us. But I, I but don't think it's acceptable.
0: But on, but on the other on the other side, gentlemen, I mean, I have it, um, the note that was dropped. Ballanfoyle Park residential infill schemes. Dear resident, Goulburn City Council would like to engage with the residents of Ballanfoyle Park to discuss the proposed plans of residential infill scheme the aim of the scheme is to make uh, use of the um, suitable green spaces uh, within the city for residential properties several potentially suitable spaces have been identified in Balanford Park area like to invite you to a drop-in session between 2pm and 4pm on Wednesday today 21st of February 2024 at the Ballonfoil Castlegar neighbourhood centre where members of the housing section will be in attendance to show your proposal plans for the area and answer any questions. So all they're doing is engaging really, they, they're they're engaging um, Councillor Fahey with the residents in the area,
1: they're engaging with the residents. But the very least they could have done was informed us as councillors, elected area representatives. And there's six of us in the local electoral area, and then that weren't informed. And um, the, the it's disrespectful and unacceptable um, that you know I get a, a, an email from somebody, and I rang two of my colleagues within the electoral area. They weren't aware. Of it. Okay, and it's not it's not good enough.
0: All right, Council Coper. I mean, we're shouting for housing. Here we have an initiative coming forward by Galway City Council, and lands that they own and can can be done fairly quickly to take the pressure off the housing. And um, yes, indeed, people are giving out about it.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, okay But that's 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 look. That's an easy argument to say you're you're shouting against housing. But look, as I said, and this to me is so short sighted. We have 80 acres of land you can develop over 1,000 units if we get real about housing, and get real about delivering. There's people on the housing list who I and my colleagues speak to every day of the week who are waiting up to 14 or 15 years for houses. Of course we want housing. Okay. But if, if someone tells me that taking every patch of green space from every existing estate across the older parts of Galway is the proper policy to deliver housing, I I'll, I'll reject that. I've never gone against any housing schemes apart from these infill sites because I believe these green spaces are sacrosanct and again I go back to what we said in our own development plan which we put many, many hours into and adopted by all councillors, we protect the green spaces which okay. allow places for children to play. It's in our own plan. So we'll go taking them away, goes against that and to me it's the wrong policy let's look at the 80 acres of land we have and let's get real about delivering houses there for those families waiting for housing.
0: All right, Councillor Cover, thank you for joining us. Councillor Frank Vey, good luck with this. And will you come back to us thank with you. some... Uh, will, will you be in attendance at... Uh, I will you well,
2: indeed, Joe. Yeah. Will you try and get to that meeting at
0: good. some stage uh, today, um, Councillor Corbett?
2: Yeah, my plan is to try to get there, Keith. Yeah, I have other plans made, but uh, again, when you get 14 hours notice from the City Council, you have to try and move your diary around. But uh, I've asked the Council to come back and and a meeting in the evening time as well, because again, people are working, people are doing school runs, as Frank has said, and other, other issues, uh, other commitments, like to give 14 hours notice to councillors and, and less than 24 or 48 hours to, to residents is not good enough. So we'd hope to have a further meeting in the evening time where the least they can say is who'll be there. Will it be the design team? Will it be the officials? Will it be the director of services? Again, we have no idea who'll be there today or what'll be on display and that's, that's what's frustrating us.
0: All right. Um, th- thank you indeed, uh, Councillor um th- for joining us here today. Frank, i am just got a text in now. This could be mischievous, so if you don't mind uh, checking it out for me. Uh, could you please ask Councillor Frank Faye if he's aware of the blasting that's
1: uh, going on in the old Lack of Quarry in Kulak? Yes, right. that, that's a planning issue, it's been dealt with, I've made numerous representations on it, um, it's a case that's uh, before the courts, my understanding is Galway City Council are dealing with that through the courts. Let's leave it at that <coughs> then, but thank you for clarifying that with us, Councillor Frank Fahey and
0: Councillor Michael Cubbard. Uh, that meeting by the way is taking place uh, today in the Ballon um, Centre there if you want to go to it between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock and I'd love to be a fly on the wall genuinely. <coughs> Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's program. I said to my next guest, "We're in strange times, so we are." And our next guest is the Polish Ambassador, Professor Arkady Jagoski. Indeed, and I'm sure he made a dog's dinner with that. So I did. But Ambassador, sincere apologies. But you're very welcome. Thank you indeed for uh, dropping into us this morning. We are in strange times, aren't we?
3: Maybe I, I would say challenging. Thank you for having me here
0: challenging it is very challenging so it is when we see what's going on and we see what's going on with the UN this morning we see what's going on with Russia we see what's going on and Poland you're right in the middle so you are
3: and' uh, true that they are uh, the the let's say front almost almost front line just behind the the, the just as a the biggest neighbor of Ukraine so so yeah. Poland uh, played a very important role uh, in this difficult situation but uh, this challenging time, Um, means that we have to be united, we have to, the free countries, the democratic countries have to cooperate very closely. We have to support Ukraine um, because this um, uh, future of uh, Europe, future of uh, international order.
0: Future of the world.
3: Future of the world,
0: yes. Future of the world is really what we're looking at here. And I mean, there's a lot of people putting a lot of support in for Ukraine, but it must be very difficult as a near neighbor to see it continuing and the loss of life as it continues.
3: That's true. I, I'm so glad that um, so many Irish people and Ireland uh, support Ukraine. Poland support very strongly Ukraine and many other countries. Mm. It's crucial um, uh, because this is just colonial, aggressive, imperialistic uh, war, and uh, we know that uh, from Irish, from Polish history. Yeah, and we know that Ukraine has right to be free, independent, um, and democratic state
0: again, it's like a fireside chat we're having, so thank you for being so frank and honest. But like when you see what's happening with um Russia, and then when you see what's happening in Palestine, and we just see the the constant loss of life, and I'm not blaming anybody for anything. but the constant loss of life is just so sad to see.
3: That's true. the, the as I said, it's challenging and difficult times but it means that we have to be uh, smart, smarter than uh, before the Second World War, for example. Uh, And we have to, as I said, uh, collaborate very closely uh, and support these people who are fighting for their freedom.
0: And, I mean, we know that the Russian ambassador has been called in and into government buildings. We know all that's going on there. Where, Where will all of this end? Or is that a fair question to even ask you?
3: No, the the best solution is um, uh, when Ukraine will will win, uh, and after that uh, we can see uh, real changes in in Russia, because we can see that uh, Polish or uh, other Central European countries join European Union, um, a democratic mm-hmm. country. We are very proud that Polish country, almost without oligarchs, without corruption, uh, and uh, with I think that uh, Ukrainians. Wants to follow Poland and other countries, and yeah. wants to have just, just democratic, uh, non, not 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 corrupted uh, um, country without oligarchs. Uh, and uh, if Ukraine succeeds, uh, Russia will also follow, uh, or Russian people will follow Ukrainians. Will
0: they?
3: I hope so. I yeah. hope so. But but the most important is is, is, is is the result of the of the war.
0: But can I can I ask you just? I mean, when you see when the leader of the opposition has been jailed. So far away from family, and then dies suspiciously. If that's going on internally in in Russia, how will he ever be ousted, Mr. Putin?
3: But uh, when when we look at, at the Putin um, presidency, it's not the first uh, person who who died. There's no, not no, the, no. the first person who who were opposite um, to 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 Putin government, and he unfortunately died or just was 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 killed. So. Yeah. So mm, I have to repeat: the key uh, is in, in in Ukraine nowadays, and after that in Belarus. Mm-hmm. There are two countries which uh, deserve uh, freedom, or which has uh, um, a lot of um, republican and um, uh, freedom traditions in the in the very past, mm-hmm. uh, and I hope that uh, that Ukrainian will win.
0: I'll come in a moment, if you don't mind, Ambassador, but. Um, We have a lot of Polish people who um, came to Ireland many years ago. We have a big population. You must have a busy embassy.
3: (laughs) That's true. The Polish embassy is is very open and uh, that's true that that we have uh, a lot of work. But on the other hand, uh, we are so happy that so many Polish people came to Ireland um, after the Second World War, uh, but of course the the biggest number after 2004 and we are very glad that uh, Poland and other nine countries joined European Union mm-hmm. 20 years ago under Irish presidency and you also remember that Ireland and the United Kingdom were the first countries which opened their market for Poles uh, and uh, Poles uh, feel welcome uh, and uh, well integrated to them to the Irish society so there's a natural bridge between our nations. There is
0: a natural bridge there though, there really is that bridge there because I mean they made such a difference I mean, they've worked hard, they've they've become part of the community, very much part of the community. And this was ahead of all of Ukraine and all this going on in Palestine and all of that. They were really one of the first major nationalities to, to come to Ireland.
3: In the big numbers. That's In true. big numbers. That's true.
0: But they, they, I mean, they got no handouts. They got, you know, they had to work flipping hard.
3: No, they worked hard, as, as, as we know. Uh, also, the Polish situation was very difficult in this in this time with high uh, unemployment. Nowadays, many of them decided to come back but still they remember uh, Ireland and still uh, they have a natural ambassadors of Polish-Irish uh, mm. connections. I
0: suppose the future for the world is, is young people and you spent time yesterday in the University of Galway talking with and to young people. Um, did it give you a lift to see the interest that they have in world peace?
3: I wanted to say that that I was really surprised that they are so much interested in not only in, in peace, which is which is obvious that we all wanted to to live in peace, and that's why yeah. we, are, we are we are so active uh, on on many areas. But also they they are more and more interested in Poland and Central Europe, and I'm so happy because for many years there was not enough knowledge about or part of Europe in in, in Ireland and also in other countries because we were behind the iron curtain. Yes. And nowadays, fortunately, it's changed, Um, uh, uh, especially I'm so happy because there are so many historic links uh, between our nations from the very, very beginning, from the medieval time to to just to nowadays uh, and to close cooperation on many areas within European Union.
0: Does it go that far back? It does
3: uh sorry
0: does it go that far back to medieval times
3: i just i just visited the Glenstall abbey uh, oh, and yes. uh, a wonderful place uh, kelly moore uh, uh, abbey uh, and uh, in in krakow in wawel hill um, we we have the oldest polish manuscript uh, and this oh. oldest manuscript in poland in fact is in fact an irish manuscript, 27 homilies uh, which really has a huge influence in the 11th century uh, uh, in in the beginning of Polish uh, mm-hmm. statehood.
0: So you, you were in Glenstall and you were in Kyle Moore as well,
3: were you? Yes, exactly. Kyle Moore is very special. I mean, uh, exactly. Connemara is wonderful. Oh, it is, I, yeah. I, 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 I am really impressed. It was my first time in the Con- Connemara uh, area, uh, but also Kylemore. uh uh, uh, Abbey, uh and the and the castle and also notre Dame um uh, branch University That's beautiful amazing places I'm so happy that in uh in July uh polish uh, bell will be will be in the uh, Kalimor uh in the Kalimor, uh, Abbey. so so I ba- try a to a visit
0: a Polish bell is it
3: yes the 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 sisters the the nuns uh, the, Benedictine. the Benedictines um, order four bells from 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 Poland from the very old and and famous uh, company Felstynski wow. company from Przemysl Przemysl is nowadays at the border with Ukraine uh, so um, yes so so, so we uh, exp, ex, uh, so we, we we think that it will be the eleventh of um, of uh, July, July, exactly at the San, San Benedict Day.
0: And did you get to meet Sister Magdalena and the sisters?
3: Yes, the amazing personality. She
0: is, she is one of the that's, finest people in the world. That's
3: true. That true. I am really impressed. Yeah, yeah. Well educated and. Uh, and very and open. Very open, and um, and I really admired this place. Yeah.
0: So you'll be back in July then for that. I hope so. Yes. So will they let you ring the bell?
3: <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll,
0: we'll organize that. I you don't worry. know. But um,
3: they, in fact they, they follow the Glenstone Abbey because Grenstal Abbey has already birthed mm-hmm. from Przemyśl, from Felstyński, the beginning 19th century company. Wow. Uh, so so it's more than 200 years of, of tradition. Wow. So
0: just coming back, I mean, have you much more in Galway today or are you heading back shortly?
3: Uh, unfortunately I have to come back to, to Dublin. Uh, it will be in the evening. Uh, Meeting of five ambassadors at Trinity College, uh, so I have to be be there. We will discuss about the future of of, of Europe.
0: And five other ambassadors from around the world, is it that, that you're meeting?
3: Mostly from European Union countries. Yeah. yeah, but it will be very very interesting and very challenging to to discuss about about the yeah. future.
0: And do you ever worry about Poland being so close to everything? Are you are you ever concerned about? And I know some Galway people, indeed, a very good friend of mine is, has been living in Poland for the last 20-odd years and loves it. But do you ever worry about the, an incursion into Poland?
3: Let's say let's say that uh, we, we understand the challenge and that's why Poland spent uh, almost 4% of our GDP for the military service, because we want to be country which is first to help and... Uh, Poland played crucial ro- role during the, the beginning of the war we accepted
0: Absolutely.
3: many millions of ukrainians 14 millions uh, ukrainians uh, crossed the border with Poland
0: 40 million.
3: Fourteen millions. Uh, now we still have about 2 million but at the beginning there was 7 million uh, ukrainians uh, so uh, so this and 400,000 uh, Belarus 2000, to, to yeah, yeah. 2020 we accepted uh, 17,000 russians uh, who left country at the beginning of full-scale uh, war. Uh, but but uh, we know that also the, the Polish, not only humanitarian, economical, but also military help was crucial in the, in, oh, in the first uh, exactly. weeks of the, of the, of the war. Uh, and that's why we, we, we spend so much money, because we know that if we'll be strong, we can help others, yeah. and also we'll be safe.
0: And how many people are living in Poland now, with everyone that's there roughly? What's your population like?
3: No, the, the population is still the same, so it's thirty eight 2 or three millions of uh, migrants, so it's 48, about 40. 48?
0: 51? Uh, f-
3: 38, so it's about 40 now. Wow. So 40, it's 40 million. It's a
0: big population.
3: The Poland is a relatively big country in 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 Europe. Uh, that's why it's we are the most important uh, country in the eastern flank of of NATO and eastern flank of European Union. And are they doing enough? So we feel responsibility yeah. for for border of European Union. Uh, and and yeah, we are doing. Uh,
0: are they giving you enough lot lot support? They are. They're giving you good support, NATO, on that, yeah
3: uh yes yes uh we, we can, i can say that that this uh i mean the ukrainian war is the test for all of us uh, and that's why i'm so happy to be in ireland because the uh, irish government irish people uh strongly strongly support and they really uh, feel that uh, there is a our common responsibility uh and uh, and there is a, a, a big support from the americans and from the other countries so yeah, so that's 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 really important.
0: And would you be in regular contact with the Taoiseach and the donors and government um, ministers in Ireland?
3: We are in the in the in the contact uh, on the on the many the bases. There is a lot of um, field of interest, and I can even say that there is more than than ever. Uh, for example, we cooperate very closely in supporting Western Balkans countries. Uh, so not only uh, Eastern Partnership, but also Western Balkans. Oh, um, I think that also we can do more in Africa. Poland and Ireland has no colonial uh, past, uh, and uh, uh, our both countries are more and more active in in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, so for sure we can do more.
0: Listen, you're very good to pop into us uh, today, and I hope that you get back to Connemara again. And in July, we'll make sure the sun is shining. We will. <laughs> we'll get them to turn on the lights as you as you go out there. But I mean, it, as you're going out there, you're going through a, a very rural area. In Loch Valley, they're going out, and it's the most magical place just to stop the car, get out, and breathe
3: the air. That's true. I also, you know, discover so many places that um, connected to to literature, to yeah, yeah. Uh, to amazing um, place, amazing place for artists. So you feel really Irish identity. You really feel we have it all. Uh, Irish history there. So that's a really amazing area.
0: All right. Um, Polish ambassador, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, don't if you are coming to town again, do let us know from there. But thank you indeed for joining us. Quick commercial break. We're back and we're looking at men's health and boys' health, mental health. Next, stay tuned for that and more to come. Have to say, do you know what? My heart is lighter having spoken to the um, Polish ambassador and an absolutely gentleman and his colleague indeed uh, with us. Uh, but the, I, I kind of he kind of reassured me that, you know things will come right eventually, and he's, he has that positivity about him that I just like, I have to say, really and truly. Anyway, let me go to, um, again, we're looking at mental health, so we are, but uh, Seize the Awkward Men's Health campaign is underway at the University of Galway, and the Student Union President, Dean Kenny, joins me on the line today. Dean, um, good morning to you. How are you today?
4: Lauren, Keith, I'm not
0: too bad. How are you keeping? Good to talk to you again, and uh, Seize the Awkward Men's Health campaign, what is... It's an awkward statement. So what is it about?
4: It's absolutely, it's it's an awkward conversation, uh, Kate. We know that men don't speak about mental health enough. I know in my own life, with my own friends, we don't talk about it enough. When we have a problem, the Irish man thing to tend to do is to bottle it up, to carry on. Just You'll be grand. Say, get on with to, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So say asking a fella, how are you? And you know he's in the depths of despair and he goes, I'm sound, nothing wrong with me, leave me alone. So we're trying to do is try and touch on that topic a little bit try and normalize the conversation by seizing the awkward and this week we're encouraging everyone not just men not just students but we're encouraging everyone to seize the awkward have that uncomfortable awkward conversation where you you get the i'm sound i'm fine but you push past it you say right what's really going on you're not doing okay you're not doing the things you used to enjoy you're not coming out with us anymore you're withdrawing you're going into yourself what's actually going on how can we help you and just and pushing past that yeah
0: and do you, do you think that the, again i pull on my own experience because I've, I've dealt mm. with um, a number of people that had issues that we're talking about right now but sometimes that confronting them buries them further away from you and pushes them further away from you because they don't know how to deal with it
4: yeah you're you're right I agree to an extent that can often happen but you do, I don't I have is, to be right Dean no challenge me on it please Yeah no no I I I think that can happen so oftentimes if you confront someone like that they can just seize up a little bit more and and and, and not respond but what'll happen then is they mightn't respond in that instant but they'll realize that someone cares about them they'll realize that someone cares enough about them to notice that they're not doing okay. And it mightn't be that day, it could be a week later, it could be a few months later. It happened to me about a, a while ago when I realised one of my friends wasn't doing too good, checked in with him. On the day it was, no sound, leave me alone, it was about six months later he came back to me, he said, listen, I really appreciate what you did back then. I didn't say it back then, but it actually made a real difference just to notice that someone cared. But I think in the general sense, if, if you... If you and open up that conversation with someone and you really come from a place of care and 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 welfare for someone they'll more than usually replicate it and and, they, and they'll they'll they might not open up straight away but they'll have that little conversation they might have the right look i'm not doing a hundred percent and it might be on that day it could be the next day but even that checking in is just absolutely vital for someone to realize that someone cares enough about them to check in on them and to ask them how they're
0: doing. It's funny that you make that statement because um, about a year ago, um, I I met a friend and I asked the question that you asked, by the way, you know, are you okay in that? Um, And they weren't all right. But just yesterday they rang me and I hadn't spoken to them in a long time. And they rang me and basically they just rang to say thank you for a year ago. I actually forget what I did a year ago, but I remember we had a conversation that wasn't pleasant. But um, he yeah. came back to me yesterday and said, look, thank you for doing what you did. So sometimes sometimes your gut is the right thing to do if you think someone's out of sorts is to do something about it.
4: Oh, oh absolutely. And there's no one better placed to know when a, when a friend isn't doing so good than yourself. Like, there's no mental health professional that is that knows someone as good as a very close friend. Like if, if anyone out there is hearing this and they're thinking, right, well, There's a friend of mine that's maybe not doing so good, but who am I to say they're not doing so good? I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a trained person. And you're, you're right, you're not. But you're also the person that's most qualified to know when your friend isn't doing so good. You're the person most qualified to have that initial conversation. And it mightn't... It mightn't fix things for them. It mightn't help them entirely. But opening up that and having that initial conversation might open the door to them getting the help they need, because what we're trying to do here is we're not trying to train people to be professionals. We're not trying to encourage people to to intervene and to fix someone's life. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to have that initial awkward, seize the awkward conversation. And it might roll on a little bit more to encourage someone to get the professional help they need, because in a lot of cases, They need professional help. But in an awful lot of cases as well, just that initial friend to friend, awkward conversation can be enough. Like you said with your friend, having that check in, and it mightn't seem like Anthony at the time, might seem very insignificant, but to them, it can mean the world just to know that someone cares about them. Because for a lot of men, I think in Ireland, it can seem to them like no one cares about them. I mean, the way we're brought up, especially in rural Ireland, the way we're brought up, a lot of the time, we're told you have a problem. Right. You just burrow down. You keep at it. Get up in the morning. You do your job. You yeah, go to bed. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. it. You just yeah, keep yeah. at it. Keep going. Bang, bang, bang. But for someone to realize that someone else actually cares about them enough to check in, that mm. can mean the world. And I, I think we're as a society, I, I, I do hope, I know definitely on a university level, we're moving past that sort of bottle up kind of get on with it attitude and hopefully in a wider society it'll it'll start to change as well because it doesn't serve anyone that sort of thing of bottling up and keep going it doesn't help anyone it doesn't serve us at all
0: it doesn't but then on on the other side so we're talking about men but on the other side uh, Mm. women are very good and females are very good at um opening up and talking with with fellow females and friends and otherwise yeah Uh, and and
4: they absolutely
0: and it's, so it's it's, yeah. a, it's a gender. It's definitely a gender thing with men. It's that kind of macho. Well, I'll be right anyway. And I won't let me guard down. That's that's yeah. hogwash. That's wrong.
4: Oh, it's absolutely wrong. And like, are right, women are much better at at, at talking in the general sense. I'm not saying that every woman is fantastic about talking about their mental health, but you, you'll find women are much more likely to talk about their emotions and not feel bad about it which is completely right yeah. and completely justified but I don't know what it is as Irish men we seem to have this thing that we should feel bad for having emotions or feelings or feel bad for for uh, you know entertaining the thought that we're not doing well or we're struggling or you know we all, I think a lot of it is we, we have this attitude that someone's in a worse spot so I can't say that I'm not doing well. And uh, like that's not serving anyone. It doesn't help us. Uh, yeah. it, it really, it really damages us. To be honest, to 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 put ourselves in that position because we can end up with real difficulties down the line and just uh, and struggling even more and more and more.
0: Uh, Keith, as a man, this speaker is speaking so much sense. I recently joined a gym, <coughs> and let me tell you, I feel great since I don't bottle anything up anymore. I just let it out there. And uh, yeah. other other positive comments coming in there too, as well. I have to say, Dean and um, yeah. but it's it's to get to the it's to get to the core issue here which is mm. and I suppose I'm going back 100 years on this one but there was a saying once upon a time and we use it all the time since is it's okay not to be okay but it's yeah. to instill that it is okay not to be okay but how can absolutely. i help you and how can we get you help or do yeah. you want something or do you want to chat or do you want me to go yeah. away
4: yeah absolutely all these recent we've had a lot of recent campaigns uh the kind of targeting men's mental health in the last few years, and mental health in general, and they all kind of centre around that theme of it's okay not to be for, not to be okay, but it's absolutely okay to ask for help. My thinking there is that that's right, 100%, but a lot of men don't know how to ask for help. They, they mightn't feel okay, but they haven't a clue how to go to their friend and say, I'm not feeling okay. So with this campaign, what we're doing is we've infographics and videos and poster boards around campus given practical real simple practical tips and tricks on how to have that conversation mm-hmm. how to first of all sit down your friend and say look i've noticed you're not coming you're not playing football as much lately you're not coming out for pints with us anymore what's the story look okay. i'm just i'm worried for you i want to help you and likewise if you're not doing too well to broach the subject with a friend of yours say look i just want to talk to you about something i'm not doing so well lately i don't know what's going on even just even just to have that person to listen to you can be yeah.
0: such a release. Can yeah. I ask you, just now, it's, 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 uh, we're going to get further details briefly on this one. Just go to any members of the Students' in the Union, I take it, uh, if they're there. Um, can I ask you, this yeah. day week we had the president of the College of Leeds, University of Galway, President of Hope, Then we were talking about RAG Week. How did RAG Week go? Did it all go safely?
4: Honestly, Keith, it, it was. Uh, I, I, I'm still struggling to understand how well it went. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was all. It was. I mean, there was almost no incidents. I mean, Thank nothing God. out of the ordinary, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Which is an absolute blessing. And in terms of everything else, all our events went so smoothly. We're on uh, charity total now, just for the students' union charities, of around twenty-two thousand euro from that week alone. Wow. Um, and we've we've totals, we're not going to have the full totals until about the 1st of March, that's when we close the links, but we've totals coming in from societies and different aspects as well. So, like, it was just, it was really remin- reminiscent of when I was back in first year, just before COVID came in. It was a real community feeling of everyone coming together. And all the events we did were really simple. They're yeah, like yeah, five-side yeah. five soccer tournaments, 5K runs, uh, shave-offs and firewalks. And then, of course, we have the, the the gigs in the evening as well, the social events. But it was all so simple and so easy to get involved in and boy did people get involved like we had so many people jumping in and raising money and, and just getting involved and engaged in things and i i for the first official rag week in over 13 years it couldn't have gone smoother it couldn't have been a bigger success and it really paves the way for whoever comes after me next year to be, just build on it
0: ah, you can't go i do you stay staying out another <laughs> year say i'm I'm, I'm, nom- I'm nominating you know for the sea Shooks role so i am so <laughs> to hell with it from there not that it would be in your yeah. blood altogether but anyway there you have it mm. um but isn't it just great and i mean and we're play to um, Karen Hogarth and, and the college yep. management team to, to work with you, to embrace it, bring it back onto campus and make a difference. Yep. Um. Dean, well done to you. Keith, salute mm. to the man that is talking and to you, Keith, for highlighting this. It's lovely to hear. Mm. I hope many people that are listening take note of this. Well, so do we. That's why we're talking about it. Absolutely. Dean, thanks yep. for joining us uh, today. And um, you have to stay on for another year as president. That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Michael De Higgins <laughs> on to you. You can't go before he goes. End of story. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. That's Dean Kenny, uh, president of the Students' Union in University of Galway. Isn't it just so lovely to hear his refreshing voice uh, today saying, in his wildest dreams, he couldn't have thought uh, that Ragwick would have gone as well And as literally quiet as it was, thank God.